going on guys thank you so much for coming to the channel this is entry 24 and it is entry 24 for a particular reason uh, today we're going to talk about WandaVision I was trying to give this a little bit longer to kind of let it simmer the final episode premiered a couple of days ago I feel like that's given everybody enough time and if you're still waiting a little bit more time until you watch it I do highly suggest that you stop this episode and wait until you actually see it and to and actually see the final episode uh, until you listen to what I have to say, because I'm going to go a little bit in-depth with it. Nothing too crazy. I just want to kind of give uh, my opinion. I want to kind of talk about where this might be leading into and the opportunities this kind of opens up. So when the show first premiered, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't really 100% interested. It was kind of like once Endgame came it w and you saw only in the promotion that you saw the two of them together my original thought about this show was that it was um going to be a storyline taking place between movies kind of how like black widow when black widow comes out that's supposed to be a kind of prequel movie from what endgame is it's kind of like before the events in endgame i believe black widow actually takes place after civil war and before endgame i'm not 100 percent certain on that so don't um, quote me on that unless you look it up yourself. But that's what I thought WandaVision kind of was. Because you see the two of them together, and of course we know that there's something, some things that they were doing before the events of Infinity War and Endgame. They kind of like separated and were isolated from everybody else. So that's what I thought this show was. For it to actually be an after or post-Endgame storyline, it does a good job. I'm not going to lie, I didn't really get into it right off the bat. I had a bunch of people telling me, you know, you're missing out, you know, what are you waiting for? And I was like, ah, I'm going to just wait. I'm going to let a couple of episodes build up and I'm going to kind of binge the whole thing because, you know, I'm one of those people that's very with how we watch shows sort of at this in this era. Like, we don't like commercials, deal with commercials, we want to binge things. You know, I'm also the one of the people that, like, really discourages the idea of long intros like, Netflix's Daredevil is such a great show, but it has a crazy long intro, and they know that I'm watching this back-to-back. -back. Why are these intros so long? And I get they have a skip intro option, but you know that people are binging this. Why are you going so crazy? Why are these intros so long if you know that the purpose of you seeing it is all 10 episodes, all at once? You know we're going to watch them back to back. We're not waiting a couple of days. We don't need to re-see whatever intro you have is. That's why one of my favorite intros is like for Supernatural. Supernatural is one of the quickest intros in the world. It's about seven seconds long. Every single season, seven second long intro. It doesn't take that much longer than that. It's probably even shorter than that. And you have a minute long intro to a show that I'm trying to watch one after another. That doesn't make any sense. And... What I was waiting for was a chance to binge WandaVision. And I think it was by like the third or fourth episode. I know the first two dropped a lot, the first two. The, one, the, the third and fourth one came out. A lot of more people were starting to really get into it. I had a lot of friends tell me, you know, you have to really get past the first two. It's kind of something to deal with. And I'm, like, I'm just going to wait for maybe a couple more, and then I'll actually sit down and go through the whole thing. And... I was asking them how long it was, and they were like, oh, it's only 30 minutes. I said, 30 minutes? You're telling me that Marvel doesn't give us something for almost two years. The last thing we got was Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, and that was in 2019. 
And we finally get a f- the first piece of something Marvel-related. After they pushed Black Widow for the last year. They, they keep pushing Black Widow. This is the first thing they give us. And it's a show that's only 30 minutes long. And again, I'm also coming from the perspective that I didn't even know what to expect from this show. This show made absolutely no sense to me off the bat, unless it was a prequel show. Well... I finally gave in. I sat down around right before the fifth episode premiered and I watched the first four episodes. You know, that's at least, you know, two hours of content. And I was very impressed. I, I enjoyed it from the very first episode. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I feel like what you need to be is you need to be a person who's a fan of that TV style as well as kind of all the other things they've they've thrown in there. All these little quirky commercials that kind of represent something in the same world. And one thing that the show doesn't, or or at least from what I can understand watching it, maybe I'll have to sit through again and maybe I'll get I'll catch it, but they never really explain why she why Wanda's universe has commercials i get that it's broadcasting as a tv show and then later on in this in the series you understand why these first couple episodes are the way they are but they never really explain why there's commercials or why she's broadcasting commercials that are a representative of something else that's in that universe like a hydra rolex or a stark toaster oven and whatnot and they're cute they're quirky it fits in with the aesthetic of the environment that it's created in the show that they're portraying and if you don't really like that style like i love old school black and white i love i was just watching uh abbott and costello uh, meet the killer boris karloff with my wife because she's never seen that one so i was exposing her to a movie from from abbott and costello that she hadn't seen before that's one of my favorite and i love all that stuff you know i've grew up on a lot of black old black and white stuff just like say wanda's character in in this show does so i can understand why and it's just it's one of those things that you just have to keep watching and i know that's not something a lot of people like to hear i know it's something that not a lot of people like the idea of of waiting they kind of want too much right off the bat this is one of those shows that you have to give the opportunity to. You have to kind of let it simmer. And you have to let the story kind of be told. And one of the things that I love about this show is that it opens up a door for so many more opportunities with what Marvel has moving forward. So, put it this way. Most of the time when a studio, especially Marvel, wants to make a movie, they have a storyboard. Once they outline what that storyboard has to have, then they have to make sure it fits within a time frame. So that's why most movies, are they try to not make it more than two hours. You know, if they are able to fit the entire story in two hours, perfect. If they have to cut things out, then guess what? They have to cut that they have to cut the things out. There's nothing they could do about it. Those are restrictions that they're being given. That's why deleted scenes exist. Deleted scenes exist because they have to cut them for time. I remember when I watched The Watchmen, um, that movie in theaters and a regular release, I believe it's like an hour and 40 minutes Let's or up to about two hours. You watch the director's cut, the Zack Snyder director's cut, it's over three hours. And that's a lot of content to cut out from a story that you had this you had this story planned. And maybe those things aren't too crucial to the main story, so you can cut them out. But when you have that restriction, you have to fit it. So what this what this show kind of gives us is it gives us the opportunity to know that when they have a story that 
would expand outside of a restricted time frame of a regular feature film, a two-hour time frame. You expand it into these longer episodes, and you could fit everything you want in that story. So let's say they had this idea for WandaVision, which also, I've read in an article, after Endgame, they had no plans. Apparently the Russo, the Russo brothers had no plans. Marvel was kind of... Like, they had a few things rolling around, but nothing really set in stone. Like, we knew what Doctor Strange 2 was coming out. We knew what Black Panther 2 was coming. We knew what Captain Marvel 2. We knew sequels were coming. We knew that they were going to do sequels. But there was no timeline, which is why I did a completely separate episode on the Phase 4 and Phase 5 announcements. Because it was finally them giving us something after Endgame, after Spider-Man. In 2019, Spider-Man was the only thing that they had really in the barrel. Other than Black Widow, which took an extra year to come out, and they've been pushing it a whole year, they had nothing that was set in stone that we were 100% going to get. Then, they started talking about these shows. They talked about WandaVision, they talked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which premieres in about a week or so. And what this opens up is now, with the Disney Plus platform especially, It opens up this opportunity to take these stories. If, say, you had a story that you knew you had to betray, and it would take a certain number of hours to make sure you did the story justice, and you didn't have to cut anything out, a show is the perfect opportunity for that. This is why I've always said that um, like a Batman show would be perfect because you can go as long as you as long as you want with that show and really expand your time to do some really deep storytelling. And this is a huge opportunity for Marvel to take that up and actually do something with it. And when they sat down with this Wanda and Vision kind of story that's post-Endgame, they probably were like, this is what we need to do. So they probably had too much for a movie, realized they didn't want to cut too much out. So they were like, oh, how else can we cut this up? Well, let's cut it up into a television show. And it's nine episodes, which nine is a kind of odd number, but if you look at how long the episodes are they're about 30 35 minutes each the last two revolving around 40 to 45 so they broke this up in such a time frame where if you put it all together if you took out like the end credits and the intro and any of that stuff it's about four hours which would kind of be the director's cut of a film but instead they chopped it up made it nine 30 some odd minute long episodes And you get people attached to it when you do it weekly, how they did this one. And the weekly thing is very old school, but it comes from a very marketing perspective of, okay, you make people wait a week. You make people actually sit and talk about the last week's episode. You make people actually want to be invested because they now have to wait for the next one. Like, there are still plenty of channels that do that. Channel 11 does that, and that's owned by Warner Brothers as well. They do that. Every every show on every basic television channel does that. So it's not unfathomable for that to be a thing that is still possible to do, nor that it still works. It's just hard to see a streaming service portray that. It's hard to see this thing where I'm, I'm meant to have instantaneous access to this content. And you're telling me I gotta wait a week? That's a bit of a fight for me. But when I'm invested, just like when you're invested... You give it the time. You're going to give it the time because you want to see this story progress. And as this story progresses, and as it goes further, further, and deeper into what's happening, they hit you with so much. 
And again, uh, this is basically just me talking as of right now. But when I get further into what actually happens in the show, you're going to want to stop. <laughs> and I'm gonna, this is the, oh, the second warning and I'm not going to give you another one. I'm going to talk a lot about the show if you haven't seen it. And I'm going to talk a lot about the ending, which if you haven't seen it, please stop this episode now and come back to it when you finish the whole thing. Okay. All right. Moving on. I remember watching the first four episodes back to back. And one of the first things I did was I started thinking about, okay, where are they going with this? What are they trying to tell? And one of my friends pointed out, now I'm not the hugest X-Men fan. My wife is a huge X-Men fan, specifically to the uh, the, the Phoenix storylines. I'm not that huge. I have a friend who's that huge of uh, an X-Men fan, and he pointed out to me that this is very closely related to a storyline in the comics called House of M. Now, House of M is basically, from what I've kind of researched relatively quickly, is a storyline that revolves around Magneto, hence House of M, and all of his kids. For those who don't know, Wanda Maximoff, or the Scarlet Witch per se, is one of Ma- is one of Magneto's children. So is Quicksilver. These are they're one. I think it's one out of nine. They're two out of nine kids that Magneto has. And House of M kind of revolves around the storyline of these children of 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 Magneto's children. That's why it's called House of M. From what I know, I could be I could be one hundred percent wrong about that. Again, I don't know too much about the X Men universe. This is just what was portrayed to me. And that's why when I started looking into other theories about who they think some of these things that they're opening up to are, you know, when they introduce certain things that happen or when they talk about how, oh, maybe it's Wanda being uh, manipulated by somebody and whatnot. I remember Manifesto, uh, if I'm saying that name correctly, I might be thinking of the wrong name, but he was a big theoried villain for the show who is kind of connected to the X-Men in a way. So that all those theories were floating around and then of course the big episode hit when they involved Evan Peters and they involved Evan Peters as Pietro Maximoff who he plays in the Fox version of the X-Men films and everybody was like holy shit what are they doing and even I was like this is one of two things that they can do right now first because again we're also talking about the fact that they are so deep into these stories, there's no rebooting. You know, there, there there's no more rebooting another Spider-Man like they did with Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man and now this Spider-Man. There's no Nolan Batman and Tim Burton's Batman and now this new Rob Pattinson Batman. No, there's no restarting this universe. So they have to keep pushing forward. Now that they own Fox, and this is, I was having conversations with my friends about this. Now that they own Fox, they technically own that entire universe. So being that they brought in this Quicksilver character played by Evan Peters from the other universe, they could easily wrap it around where they build up into the multiverse that is in the in the Marvel universe too. Like both between Marvel and DC, they both have their separate universes that are just different versions of the same timelines in a way. And they could easily acknowledge that yes, all of those mutants exist. All of the things that happened in the X-Men exist, and they coexist in the Marvel Universe. Especially now that Marvel owns all those Fantastic Four films, all of those X-Men films, all those Wolverine films. Yeah, we can say all this stuff existed. 
but they're on different timelines than ours. They're in different universes in compared to ours. And bringing in Evan Peters kind of opened that door to say, yeah, look, this all exists. Being that Evan Peters is there, it could be something that they were trying to relate as well to, say, the Doctor Strange sequel they're trying to come out, which is the Multiverse of Madness. Or it could be something connected to the Spider-Man film, which a lot of people are saying is also going to have its own uh, time travel-esque thing, which they kind of incorporated into into the Spider-Verse. It could be. It winded up being a wash. It winded up being nothing. So it was kind of just a tease. It's like, here's the other guy who plays Quicksilver. She recognizes him. She establishes that that is Pietro, even though she doesn't 100% realize it's Pietro. But no, we're going to drop that whole storyline, and we're going to go with this other storyline, complete pivot with Agatha Harkness. And when Agatha came out and was revealed to be the not even the main villain, but the the villain that kind of turns the tables on everything because it's not even that they they broke the wall and saying oh yeah Wanda isn't the bad guy it's Agatha no Wanda does control everything Agatha just came in on her own and was like wow this witch has all this power I have to know what's going on so Wanda is like still the bad guy but Agatha is even the, the like the bigger bad guy while by making Wanda believe that she's doing worse than what she's doing because Wanda doesn't believe she's doing anything wrong. It's a very interesting twist. I do feel like it's a missed opportunity with the the Quicksilver character, but I like the tease. It doesn't really 100% bother me. I'm okay with them ignoring the previous X-Men stuff and redoing it in their style because, it, like I said a couple of minutes ago, they can't redo all this. There's no redoing 22 films. These stories... Are, the what they've done with this universe so far is going to exist as is, and the only thing they can do is to keep adding new characters or having characters pass the torch. Just like with Captain America. Captain America passing the shield onto the Falcon opens up for, say, this show, uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is going to tell us the story of how they build up post-Endgame and make these characters worth it as well. These also don't have to be more than just the one show. Like, I don't expect there to be a WandaVision 2. There doesn't need to be a WandaVision 2. It doesn't make any sense. If you wanted to do a sequel that's a story for just Wanda, then you make it where it's something just related to her being the Scarlet Witch now, which was another huge bomb drop because here we are, here we are, 22 films into this universe already, and the 23rd is part of the first bit of this next phase, and they're still doing character origins like we had Wanda we had where she came from we have what her powers are but there's really no origin for her and this was kind of not even just her origin but more like her rebirth this taught you where she came from how everything happened and it actually established her as the name that everybody wanted her to be she hasn't been called the Scarlet Witch this entire time and you stop and you go oh shit that's right Nobody's called her the Scarlet Witch. We have Hawkeye, we have Black Widow, we have Iron Man, we have Thor. Like, granted, Thor is his name, but you have Captain America. You have everybody who they are. Tony Stark is Iron Man. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Wanda's just Wanda. You know, like, there was no giving her anything to signify what her name was. She was just super powerful. And 
they finally establish that she doesn't just call herself the Scarlet Witch. There's actually some kind of crazy lore attached to it. And they're also involving witchcraft. And they've introduced witchcraft now into the universe as well. So not only do you have a further expansion of, say, the the magic element that this universe is going to be portraying, it's just furthering the understanding that we're now trying to reestablish characters and also still give characters origins. Because... Doing the next show that they have planned, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you're reestablishing the fact that there is no longer a Captain America. Here's the Winter Soldier. Where is he going to stand moving forward? Here's the Falcon. Where is he going to stand moving forward? Wanda is now showing you that she's the Scarlet Witch, and we're going to see where she stands moving forward. And anything that comes after this could easily just be something that builds her, because this did, it did leave a lot of cliffhangers. It left you wondering, okay, where's Wanda going to go now? What's going to happen with Vision? Or now, spoiler alert, White Vision. Or from the comics, they call him Grey Vision. And that storyline was fantastic. Like, she still has a piece of the Mind Stone in her, so she can easily find White Vision and give him more of the actual Vision himself back. These are all answers we don't know. As well as answers we don't know, the official end credits or uh, post-end credit scene is uh, Detective Rambo meeting with a, with a scroll. <laughs> that opens up a whole bunch of other options. And for those who don't know, these powers clarify whether she still has after the whole, like, after Westview was broken out. They don't establish if... Uh, Rambo still has these powers, but if she does keep them, she's going to become, she's technically a superhero that's called the Spectrum, and I don't mind if they do keep her going, because bring them all in, keep bringing in superheroes, because you're you're building up what's going to move the universe forward, and it's like I said, you can't go back, this isn't a trilogy, you know what I mean? You've you've extended the connection of this universe to so many different things, and all you can do is keep moving forward. There's no redoing the Infinity War saga. No other studio is going to come up, or even you. You shouldn't come up and say we're just going to redo uh, Iron Man. We're going to redo Captain America. You can't. There's no redoing any of this. You can't stop the wheels of this universe from turning. You just have to let it change with the times. That's why they're involving all these other characters. They're rebuilding the Scarlet Witch. They're rebuilding the Winter Soldier. They're rebuilding Falcon. They're rebuilding Vision. Now they're also introducing all these other ones. We know that Miss Marvel's coming. We know that She-Hulk is coming. We know that more Spider-Man is coming. They're reestablishing these characters because these stories have to keep going. There's no stopping these stories and there's no redoing them. So they have to be done right. And I think shows in this fashion is the right way to go because it gives you more opportunity to do more things without the restrictions of feature films. And I know Anthony Mackie has gone on record in an interview saying that he's kind of fearful for the idea of the TV shows that they're doing to not live up to what everybody expects out of the big screen blockbusters that they've been doing. You have 23 movies now, including the Spider-Man sequel into phase four and possibly a 24th film that have, that are going to show us, Hey, the movies is what everybody wants, but this is not even just an experiment. This is a way for you to use this streaming platform to make, the other universe work and to make them all connect. And I guarantee you they see that because Punisher, 
Daredevil, Jessica Jones, all of those were successful. And for those who don't know, Marvel just got the rights back to The Punisher and Jessica Jones. They could easily bring those stories into the Disney Plus universe. And I do know that that uh, Kevin Feige has went on record saying that Deadpool, now that they own Deadpool as well, that will be the only R-rated feature that they continue to keep R-rated and they don't, they, they don't intend to change anything about Deadpool. I don't know what they're going to do with The Punisher. You can't really dumb down The Punisher and you can't really go off of what we've already seen. The first two seasons of The Punisher show were great. And they've set the, that universe in this universe. They've mentioned... Throughout all of those shows, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Daredevil, all of those shows mention how they're just these people in New York that are protecting New York on the street level. They're not up in the sky, they're on the street level. And they talk about the events of all the other films and where they exist as far as that's concerned. They're low-level superheroes. So, being that they exist in the same universe... It still lets you establish these characters, and now you can bring these characters in if you really wanted to. If they don't want to, that's a missed opportunity. But what what would he, what be, what would be an even worse missed opportunity is not taking advantage of this show format that they're doing because Netflix was successful with it, and now we can see that with WandaVision, they can be just as successful now that they have the reins, they have the power and the platform. And I think Anthony Mackie is worried, but I think he's more worried that maybe his show won't be successful. But I do believe that the success of WandaVision thus far kind of should make him feel a little bit better about that. I'm actually looking forward to the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think one of the best things that they had was that little Captain America team where it was him, Falcon, Black Widow, uh, Winter Soldier. It was like it was separate from the Avengers. It was like like Captain America and his troops almost. And I do hope they kind of lead into that with with this a little bit. Probably not too much because now it's just the two of them. But if they take that, say, buddy cop dynamic that they wanted to do with, say, uh, Thor Ragnarok and incorporate it with these two, being that they're still kind of secret agents and they both have their own, like, special abilities, I think it would be successful. Uh, I am looking forward to it. And another thing I'm looking forward to is what's going to happen after what happened in WandaVision. We have the Scarlet Witch, we have Spectrum, we have Grey Vision or White Vision, whatever. Uh, We don't have Wanda's kids who are actually supposed to be, you know, involved further. But again, that could just be a tease. This could have all just been a tease that was closely related to the House of M storyline. And the same thing with Evan Peters' Quicksilver. The thing is... That guy exists in there now. His name is Ralph Boner. You know, whatever it is. It's just, he's, the Evan Peters Quicksilver doesn't really exist. It was just a ploy in a way. We're not acknowledging that the other X-Men exist. We're not acknowledging that this is Pietro in any way whatsoever. We're just acknowledging that for some reason she recognized him, but it wasn't really him. And it was all a ploy. But what they did do, and this is something else that we have to consider as well. They did still kind of leave Agatha alive. Like, that's one of the big things about the the universe they built so far is every villain kind of only lasts the one movie or the maybe two movies at, at most. Most villains don't come back. Most villains can't come back. They've already kind of abolished them. You know, every villain, if you really think about it, is kind of done. Even, even um, uh, what's her name from Thor Ragnarok? Thor's sister, 
she was supposed to play a big role because she's supposed to be Thanos's. No, it's not Thanos's love. I forget who Thanos's love is. Who's who's Thanos' love supposed to be? I thought it was her. I might be wrong about that. Or maybe his love is death, but she's technically death. Can't I can't remember off the top of my head. But all I know is she's not involved anymore. You know what I mean? There are so many villains that are not involved, and there are very few that still are, and there's so many that they now have the rights to. They now have the rights to Galactus, which should hopefully get involved in the Fantastic Four they have coming out. They just announced the Mutants movie, whatever that's going to be. They still have this whole giant universe that they could pull anybody out of. And let's not forget a huge big bad, which could be easily re-established in the next Doctor Strange, is Dormammu. Why not bring back Dormammu? They've already established in this show that Wanda is even more powerful than uh, Doctor Strange. It, it, in the show, it says, like, with the, the witch will progress to be more powerful than the uh, Sorcerer Supreme. That's Doctor Strange. And that makes perfect sense. Because the Scarlet Witch, even though in Agatha's mind is a witch that's grown to have those powers, technically Wanda's the offspring of... An Infinity Stone. That's where her powers come from. She's as strong, if not stronger, than Captain America. Uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's also birth from an Infinity Stone. So, being that we still have these two big superheroes that, in this universe, on this timeline, the Infinity Stones no longer exist. These two superheroes are the embodiment of the power of an Infinity Stone. How are they not being pushed as the strongest superheroes or the leaders is beyond me but we're just breaking into phase four and i don't know what they have planned but hopefully it'll live up to what wandavision has given us and i kind of have high hopes for it if they keep going down this path i mean only time will tell and i'm gonna check out falcon and winter soldier when that releases in a couple of weeks and if you've listened to the whole thing and you still haven't watched all of WandaVision, I would suggest going and really give the first couple episodes a little bit more credit. They are actually really good. I don't care what anybody says. I, I loved what they were doing with that.